This is an eternity of basketball. We welcome you all and uh, we tell you that we are part of the Globally Ballin Network. Check out globallyballin.com for original articles, audio and video projects, and all the social media on the Globally Ballin Network. Most popular episode so far for AEOB on the YouTube channel of uh, Globally Ballin. Bogs Adornados at number one, all the way down to Yoyo Villamin at number 10. So si Bogs na ang number one natin. And then you can catch our episodes on Twitter or X. Uh, Globally Ballin X page or Twitter page that we're there. So we're streaming there right now. Link 3 slash Globally Ballin is the link you need for easy access to all of that. All right. Episode 204, guys. I'm Charlie Kuna together with Noel Zarate. Sid Ventura is with us as well. And today, uh, we're going to take you back you know, to the turbocharged days of Shell in the late uh, 90s, mid to late 90s, up to 2000. Uh, for you, for the Shell fans, he was definitely the best because he provided uh, that shooting from the outside. He uh, drive to the hoop and slam it home. A star for Tennessee Tech in the U.S. NCAA was one of the top scorers uh, in the nation in his senior year. Was drafted by the Nets in the NBA. Played several places around the world. We're going to hear all his stories, but of course, you want to hear it about his San Miguel and Shell days in the PBA. And he's a media guy in his own right. You know, he has his own show. We'll talk about that too. So let's bring him in right now. John Herbert Best, all the way from Memphis, Tennessee. Hey, John, yes, welcome sir. to the show. Man, how y'all doing, man? Yeah, we're fine. And how are you? Man, I'm I'm first I'm I'm humbled, man, because it was about what 24 years ago that I last stepped foot in Manila and the impact and so much that I learned from the Filipino people, my coaches, my teammates is still with me today. 24 years later, I learned about humbling myself um, ever since I left the Philippines. And that's something that I always took with me. And I, I thank you for this honor 24 years later. And we still can talk basketball. Of course, that's what we talk about here on the show, and uh, and we we remember you definitely. I mean, we were all big fans uh, back in the day watching Shell play. You had some great teammates uh, there, but let's go. Let's go back. Let's start from the start, John. Uh, you were you were born in New Jersey, yes. And uh, how'd you get into basketball? Was it there in Jersey, or was it when you moved to Memphis? It was, it was in uh, Jersey. Uh, my father, um, who's no longer with us, he had uh, he had a job at a at a boys' club, and. Um, he he used to bring me up there and they had a gym uh and he would just give me a ball and i can remember like i was like maybe five six just taking that ball and trying to throw it in the hoop and ever since that i've been trying to put that ball in the hoop <laughs> all the time so my father was the one who uh who, who who put a basketball in my hands and my mother was always the one who would encourage me to go play basketball. So mm -hmm. it's, that's where it started at New Jersey, Neptune, New Jersey, Asbury Park. New Jersey was where my father worked at, at the boys club. And if it wasn't for that, we may not be talking right now. Did, did any of the other sports uh, entice you, like football, baseball? Football was cool because I liked the I was the quarterback. Like we play street football or, you know, some, you know, just playing around. I like quarterback. I always wanted to be a leader. Like I, I feel like the quarterback was the leader position. And because I had some height, I could see pretty good. But after I got hit a couple of times, I said, <laughs> and my mother told me, you're not playing football. You're going to stick to basketball. <laughs> All right, guys. 
I'm yeah, pretty John sure Lewis. when you were young, you had uh, you had uh, some, you know, growing up, you had some heroes growing up when you were learning basketball. Who were your first NBA idols, if if ever you had any? My first, my first idol was was Dr. J, Julius Irving. He was from Philadelphia 76ers, in which they were not far from New Jersey. But just the way he played, his style on and off the court. And then I remember it was a movie. I don't know if y'all heard it. It's called The Fish to Save Pittsburgh. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's mighty, mighty Pisces yep. basketball yep. movies. And it's a scene with him, and he got on like a tuxedo mm -hmm. or a suit, yeah. and he's at he's at a court, and he's dribbling the ball, and the music is right, and it just showed poetry and motion. So he was like Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan, uh, but it was Dr. J who first yeah. who I really wanted to be like. Mm -hmm. The uh, the playground uh, scene back then in. New Jersey, you growing up, John. Uh, what was it like? Was it also competitive, like New York? Hey, listen. Shout out to everybody from um, Ridge Avenue basketball courts. This, you know how you know this was years ago. Uh, the court is not there anymore, but that court it was just a one full court, and we had some tough guys who always wanted to be on the court. And I said, if I want to play basketball, I got to learn from playing with yeah. these older guys and, you know, some guys that were a little bigger than me. But that's where I, I think I learned a lot of my toughness was from the streets of New Jersey. Those basketball courts, Ridge Avenue courts was the one that was closest to me. And I would go there all the time. And that, that was that was street ball before street ball was popular. So yeah. you, it was written up, whether it was raining, snow, we was out there. If it was no nets on the, on the rims, we were still out there. So... Shout out to Ridge Avenue Courts uh, and all of the, the fellas from back in the day because they had a part in making who I was, too. In the courts yeah. of New Jersey, did anybody from, from your childhood actually also make it big in basketball besides yourself? Um, it was it was one uh, guy. He I think he went to George Washington University. His name is uh, Sonny Holland, Son Sonny Holland. And he was uh, he was like we were in the same grade. And he went to George Washington, and I think that was in D.C. But I mm -hmm. left I left New Jersey and went to Memphis my right. sophomore year. So I didn't I didn't stay in New Jersey through, you know, as they call it, I think they call it high, high school. I forgot the equivalents in uh, the Philippines, but mm -hmm. my, my last two high school years was in Memphis. Why did you move well, to Memphis, uh, John? Yeah. I moved to Memphis because my, my father said, he wanted um, a new, you know, like a new outlook, a new journey. Like he wanted to go down a new path. And at this point in New Jersey, it was, I would say I was 16. I was, I could either go this way or I can either go that way. You know, that street culture was there. You know, it, it, it was, it was a, a very influential time for a young 16-year-old. So my mm -hmm. father said, let's go down south. There was a family reunion we was going to go to in Memphis. And he told my mom, well, look, let's pack up everything and move down south. And we had a dog, my sister, my mother and father. We got a U-Haul and, and we went down to Memphis, man. And it was like, it, I liked it because it was a different look from New Jersey. At first, I'm in the car driving, took us about 18 hours. And I said to myself, I'm leaving New Jersey. I never thought I would leave New Jersey. But to get this, this new opportunity, 
And then once soon as we arrived in Memphis, we went to a street called, I think it was uh Bellevue. I forgot, I forgot the streets, but it it looked just like New Jersey. So I said, I we went all the way from New Jersey to Memphis and the place we get to, I think it was Macklemore. Those that know that area, I, we I got a pay phone to make the phone call to let the family know we're here. And I'm looking, I said, man, this looked just like New Jersey. So <laughs> we end up going to, we came, came to Memphis and then my mother and father couldn't find jobs in Memphis, right? So we've been here, we, we went to the family reunion, mother and father couldn't find, you know, the jobs that they wanted. So uh, my mother and father said they was going to go, wanted to go back to New Jersey. Now, now keep in mind now, you go into a new place and I'm 16, they showing me the schools, the, you know, what they do, where they go hang out, the malls. I tell my mom, I don't want to go back. I want to stay, right? Mm -hmm. So imagine my mom is like, you know, at first she didn't, you know, she didn't want me to stay, you know, but then she, we had a long talk and she was like, you know, this could be a good look for you. You know, she, she don't want to leave me there, but she, it was her. She was the one, if she would have said no, I was going back to New Jersey with no mm -hmm. question. And then, but I had to, I had to move in with my aunt Ethel and uncle Ricky and my cousin, Daryl Ollie who they said if I stayed in Memphis, I had to stay with them. And they stayed mm -hmm. out in a, a part of the city called White Haven, which was like a pretty middle-class, upscale-type neighborhood. School was good. So that's what led me from New Jersey to Memphis was a family reunion mm -hmm. that turned into we moving to Memphis, which turned into mother and father and sister goes back to New Jersey <laughs> leaves me wow. in Memphis <laughs> and remember I'm 16 I'm yeah, yeah. the same element that was in New Jersey the same element is in Memphis but I didn't mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking like that as a kid you don't think like you just think it's something new but it it was a great learning experience because I wasn't with my parents from 16 on mm -hmm. so age 16 I'm living with aunt uncle and cousin and they did an excellent job but you know helped shaping to raise me so with that being said, and that's what that kicked off everything on my second chapter of life in Memphis, Tennessee. At 16 years old, how tall were you already, John? 16, I think it was like six one, six two. Okay, so a bit of a way to go still in your growing yeah. in your growth. But so so you were were you so you started playing ball, of course, in Memphis. Were you high, highly recruited by the colleges and universities? Well, in Memphis, now the thing about Memphis, Memphis at this time was a hotbed for basketball players. You you had mm -hmm. Penny Hardaway, you had Corey, uh, with my man Corey Corey Allen and uh, Corey Corey Blunt, and we had it was some it was it was a lot of players. Let me say it was a lot of players, mm -hmm. and Memphis was so hot, and here I am a new kid coming from um, New Jersey. Don't nobody know me, but I held my own. But you know, I only had two years to play. Mm -hmm. A lot of these kids been playing since, you know, 10, 11 years old, so people knew them. So what happened with me, people like the University Memphis, Memphis State, that's the name, now it's University of Memphis. They gave mm -hmm. me an offer of, if this one player don't make it, then we want you. And I was like, man, I don't wanna be no, uh-uh. I don't wanna be dependent upon somebody else. If they don't pass the test, then they said they want me. 
So then I talked to uh, Tennessee Tech University um, yeah. and some the coaches there. Man, they treated me very well. And in my mind, I'm thinking if I go to this school, Tennessee Tech, it's in a it's a predominantly white university college. Yeah. And I think okay. at the time it was like 200, 300 black students there. I said, well, let me go there because the element I'm trying to get in the way, get away from the element, as you, as I said before. So now Tennessee tech, they were the ones that offered me the full ride. I has, I had Alabama. I had a couple of others, but you know, it wasn't like they was just, Oh, John, we want you. But Tennessee tech really said they wanted me and they showed me that they wanted me. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you were playing you, because because when you were uh, playing in, in university, you played a lot of center, John. But at, at 16 yes. years old, were you playing center at six one? I I was playing center, and then when I was in, uh, by the time I got my senior year, I think I've got up to maybe six five, six six. So I grew, mm -hmm. I grew. I had a nice spurt. And shout out to my man David Clark because he was a he was we called ourselves the Twin Towers because we both mm -hmm. was tall. And um, he went to a school near nearby uh, my school, Tennessee Tech, and he went to Middle Tennessee State. And it was just good to see that some of the players that I played with in high school went to the next level. So, but I did play center all the way in college and in high school. So, so you okay. played center. When did you realize that you were not a center? <laughs> I think when I was in the Philippines. And no. I think that was, it, was, was it a player name? Is it Turkin Mott? It was a yeah, Turkin Mott. Mott. Yeah, Turkin Mott. Uh -huh. I was I was in the low post, and he was strong, and he was like, "Oh man, you sorry? You like you not know you know any good?" And then I just went out to the three point line because I said he's too big, he can't hang mm -hmm. with me outside on the wing. So after yeah. I made that first three pointer, I said, "Wait a minute, I can do this." <laughs> So it was in the Philippines where I transformed into that wing player. I would say that, yes, I, right. but I was yes. a combo, wow. combo. But yeah, the Philippines is when I became a shooter. I wasn't shooting threes. Yeah, yeah. I came to the Philippines. Even when you got drafted in the NBA, you were listed as a forward center. Right. Forward center was the list. Uh, yes. Know. Yes. Yeah. Well, that was it, crazy. It, so you're you're an upfront guy. Then all of a sudden you're in the backcourt or playing the wings when yes. you were here for for Formula Shell. Already but, so many yeah. years later. But that's that's what I tell young people because I was um when I was with the New Jersey Nets, they they wanted to put me in as a, a center or I forget center or forward. And I'm like, man, that's not my position. You know, I wanted to play this position. And the coach told me, he said, You're trying to make it in the NBA. You go where I want you to go. Okay. Mm -hmm. So young people out that's listening, young ball players. You got to be able to adjust to when a coach tells you, you may think you're a point guard, but he may put you in a situation to play the two guard. Don't mm -hmm. get upset. Just go to the two guard and you never know what may happen from that. Mm -hmm. But because right. I was like, no, I don't want to play that position. I want to play this. I'm not having a good taste in that coach's mouth from the way mm -hmm. I responded to that. So that's why I'm, <laughs> I wanted to make sure I share that with the young fellas. Don't get caught up in, just playing one position, learn right. all the positions. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, you can't right. dictate. You can't dictate to the coach what you're going to do. But I think at this time, since we mentioned Tennessee Tech already, it's time we enter our first segment of the show, and it's called the time capsule. We're going to take you back in time. Time capsule. 
with some photos that Sid prepared. We have a uh -oh. whole slideshow. Let's go to photo number one, Carly. Let's wow. check it out. Talking about Tennessee Tech. Look at those muscles, yeah. man. That was, man. <laughs> <laughs> man, man, yeah, that, Look at that, that guy. That was the Look at that young man. Look at the I young was man. a young man yeah. there. I had, I was, I was in the weight room. Uh, I believe that 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 summer, and I wanted to get bigger and stronger, but I didn't want to get too big because I felt that I was, you know, quicker when I with with less weight. But I worked out a lot that summer, and that's how I looked. I looked like that. And, West, and you West reached West. your maximum. Were you maximum height already by, by this time? Or yeah, I was, I was six. I was six eight, six nine at this time right here. That right there, six eight. Yep. Mm -hmm. And playing uh, center like and, fresh, and what the looking like coach? The, hey, it looks like the, the fresh, fresh prince from Bel Air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that was the hairstyle back then. Fellas. Yeah. I had yeah. a high top fade. Flat, yeah, high yeah, top. It reminds me of one of the characters in the Cosby Show, uh, Fat <laughs> Albert in the Cosby Show. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, not, not, the, not the, like well, that. the cartoon, the cartoons one. The cartoon. Anyway, so I was, I was, I was going to ask. Uh, so, what did Coach Frank Harrell tell you when when he recruited you, or when you got you? Man, Frank Harrell, man. Let me. I gotta. I gotta really. I gotta share this with you all. Frank Harrell took a chance on a kid out of Memphis that wasn't highly recruited coming out of high school. I was from New Jersey. You know, like I said, I was, I, my mother and father wasn't there. I was living with an aunt uncle. And he, he said, we're going to offer you a scholarship for four years. Um, either you're going to you go to the next level or you're going to graduate uh, from this scholarship. And Frank Harrell was the type coach Harrell. We stay in, we talk every other day like it feel like we talk once a week or he's on follow me on facebook but he believed in me and he opened the gym he said whenever i wanted to go in the gym and practice and i took that as i got a 24-hour access to a gym or to a gym to to get better so frank harrell offered me the opportunity to come to college get an education but also allowed me to be able to work on my game every day, even in the summertime. He said, you know, if you don't want to go home, you know, we got summer camp up here. We got summer school, different things. So I never, this may be something that some people don't know about me. I never went home in the summertime, my four years of college, because I used the summertime to work on my game. And that's mm -hmm. how I improved every year because i sacrificed uh of going home you know because you know in the summertime you want to have fun you want to go hang out and all of that i took right. the summer as a time to work 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 and that's where i got my work ethic and um i learned my work ethic from somebody named reeker bass he was somebody that was an older guy that used to rebound for him he said man shoot your shot so he i would shoot 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 practice and he would just be there to rebound and pass the ball to me. So that's somebody else along with Frank Harrell, Coach Harrell, that believed in me and he wanted to see me be successful. And because mm -hmm. I put in the work and young people that's listening, young people, if you want to play basketball or any sport, you got to put the work in. You got to put the time in. No matter what you do, if you this is your craft, you got to put the work in. Yeah. So Coach Harold allowed me to put the work in every day, every night, summertime, wintertime, after practice, 
that's what he he offered me, and I took advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, John, you were uh, okay. Uh, you were you mentioned you weren't very highly recruited. Now all of a sudden you're playing NCAA Division One uh, basketball. Was it a difficult transition for you, or were no. you ready for it? I was ready for it, but I I didn't believe I was ready for it at first until I started to play against some of these guys, and then it was like, yeah, you hear somebody's name on TV or Sports Center. And you would be like, oh, okay, he's good. But when you play him on court, yo, he put his shorts on just like me. He put on his basketball shoes just <laughs> like me. So we both got a fair chance. And each year, I just got better and better. And I got my heart. I just felt like nobody was going to stop me. I just, each year, I just believed in myself. I started believing in myself. And because I was always practicing, I knew I was ready for anything to come my way. So at first it was an adjustment, but once I, once we got the rolling, I was like, yeah, it's a good thing. Wow. Who were the, uh, you know, the, the name, the, the big names that you went up against in the, you know, Ohio Valley. Uh, Allen, Allen Houston. Um, oh, yeah. uh, let me see. Oh uh, man. Clarence Weatherspoon. Oh, um, uh I went against Penny Hardaway. We had a game against each other. Um man, it, it was just so many different one. Uh, Kentucky. It was who was the star? Jamal Mashburn. Mashburn. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mashburn. Man. Yeah. A beast, man. He was he was a beast. He was a beast. Uh and, and you know, just it was so many different ones that may not have a name, didn't have a name, but they was some it was a lot of good players out there. But Allen Houston stands out the most. I think we both had 30 points that game. Penny Hardaway, we lost to Memphis, but you know, he he's he's always a uh he's always been a good friend since then. And y'all know he's coaching at the University of Memphis yeah. now. Uh-huh. He's doing pretty yeah. good. So yeah, I played against a lot of good Darnell, me, a lot of good, a lot of good folks. Right, right. And there you are on the right side with all these awards. Man. You found look now you that's a hard that my mom is the only one that had that the original to that. That was uh our senior our senior banquet, and I was I got so many awards from leading this country in scoring. I think mm-hmm. at that time that I, I think it was number one for three to five weeks or something like mm-hmm. that. At number one, uh I was all OVC, all some some kind of NCAA. And I scored a lot of points in so many uh, – I've ranked in, like, the top ten or something. So the accolades come, young people, and I'm sorry, fellas, but I got to keep talking to the young basketball players. Mm-hmm. All those awards that you see in that picture, I worked my behind off to deserve those awards. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like they was given to me. You know, nobody paid for them. It was like I worked. I put the time in. That's right. That's right. Definitely. And by this time, so you're, you're a senior, you're averaging 28 and a half points a game. Well, it's a, quite a jump. You started out with three points a game in your freshman year. You went up yep. to 14 to 20 to 28. And obviously the, the, the NBA or the pro scouts are now looking at the USBL, NBA, all, all that. Right. And did they, did they, you know, did you know whenever they're there watching you, you know, I didn't care. I, I, mm-hmm. I didn't care about who was there because my coach, just told me to play hard, right? Now let's go back to what I said about if you in the gym, and I learned 
I, I found out later, I think it was John Bagley that used to play with the Boston Celtics. Bags, yeah. Y'all remember him, right? Cleveland, so, yeah, Cleveland. I saw him at a summer summer league, and I asked him, I said, hey, man, because everybody was scared to talk to him. I said, I got a question about Larry Bird. I said, man, was, <laughs> was he really shooting the ball practice before games? They said he was shooting like a 1,000 or some shots before the game. He said, man, let me tell you like this. Larry Bird constantly sharpened his knife. So he was saying, yes, he shot before, after practice, he kept shooting. So he said he if he was ready for a fight at any time, his knife was not going to be dull. He sharpened his knife all the time. So mm -hmm. I was doing that at Tennessee Tech, not knowing you know that you know. I just, I just kept wanting to get better, wanting to get better, wanting to get better. And whether the NBA scouts was there, Euro scouts was there, I just wanted to put that ball in the basket. Like since I was five years old, so that was still in me. I wanted to be a scorer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the '93, and then of course you, uh, you uh, declare for the NBA for the '93 draft. Um, how confident were you that you were going to be drafted? in the NBA after all the work you put out? I'm going to tell you like this. I wanted to go overseas from the beginning, right? Oh, not the NBA. Not the NBA. Because I'm looking at myself like, I don't know, man. They, I was doubting myself. That's what I was doing. Y'all, you know, sometimes you can doubt yourself. You can put in the work. But some, I think I doubted myself some. And I was like, I had a friend or a teammate that played overseas and he came back and told me how cool it was over there. And I said, mm -hmm. um, I said, yo, man, I want to go overseas. Cause he was an example. I saw him. He was somebody that I played with. So like, yeah, I go overseas. So I wasn't even thinking about the NBA until, um, the night of the draft, we were supposed to have a summer league game in Memphis. And I said, man, I'm gonna get me a pizza, and I'm gonna watch the draft. <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't thinking I was gonna be picked. And I got a phone call from Willis Reed, the great Willis Reed. Uh, man, mm -hmm. may God rest his soul. Uh -huh. He said, Are you watching the draft? I said, Yes, sir. He said, Um, we're about to pick you. <laughs> Fellas, hearing that, I was like, What did you say? He said, Yeah, we're about to pick you. We got to pick you. So as he says that. I'm looking at David Stern walking up to the podium said with the 36th pit, the New Jersey Nets select John Bess. I'm like, is this real? Now, fellas, <laughs> up until that point, I still was working hard continuously. I didn't stop. So once I got that phone call, I said, man, this is real. So y'all know the coach from the great coach from the Detroit Pistons. Chuck, Chuck Daly. Daly. Chuck Daly, yeah. He was the coach of the Nets at the time. And uh, Willis Reed hands him the phone and he says, John, you've been working out? You, you've been practicing? I said, yes, sir. He said, you know, everybody in the NBA can score. What else can you do? And I, I never was asked that question before because I always wanted to put that ball in the basket. So I never was like, well, yeah, I'm going to rebound. I'm going to play defense. He said, don't worry. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Soon as I hung that phone up, soon as I hung the phone up, one of my friends called 
John, we going out. We got to go party, man. You you got drafted. So my life changed from that night. My life had changed with uh, mm -hmm. basketball. Mm -hmm. Suddenly you're supposed to be in the NBA. So, yeah. but, so what, what happened? Two weeks later, you you do go to the to the Nets already. Right. You it meet was, everyone about, there. It was about a month later. month later, uh -huh. I'm supposed to report to camp. Uh -huh. Now, this is the other message for the young people. You need to have people surrounding you who have your best interests at heart. I'm not saying the yeah. people that I was with didn't have my best interests, but this is new to some people. Soon, the next day, after I got the call, to get, after I got drafted, somebody took me to a Mercedes-Benz dealership here in Memphis. <laughs> They put me in a nice black Mercedes Benz. It looked so good. It was perfect. It was like, yeah, John, you, you can have this. You know, you go ahead and get it. And I like, nah, something told me, nah, not yet. I hadn't signed anything. Yeah. So, but what, what happened to me, young people, young ball players, or whatever sports you in, I told y'all I was working hard every day, right? After mm -hmm. I got the phone call that I got drafted and saw my name on television, I stopped working. I stopped working hard because now I got people, oh, John, come on, let's go eat. Oh, let's go to this restaurant. Oh, let's go shopping. Oh, let's go out to the club. Let's do everything except, John, let's go to the gym and work out. Mm -hmm. All of that got, 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 you know, muted out. It was like, you an NBA player now. Oh, you can practice later. But what that did was, you know how it is, man. You work out. You work out every day. You're used to it. But when you stop working, you stop working out, and then you try to get back in the gym, it's not the same. So yeah. for mm -hmm. one month, I stopped playing basketball, and I wasn't as sharp as – back to what uh, John Bagley said to me. My knife wasn't sharp. So when I got to New Jersey that, that month, that next month, my game wasn't 100%. Everything was off. I mean, mm -hmm. I couldn't even run up and down the court because I was doing things that I shouldn't have been doing. And, you know, it showed when we got up there. So once I got up there, everything it was cool. Willis Reed says to me, John, we still want you, but we want to send you overseas for one year just to, just to get the kinks out. And I, I think that would be something like going to a development league now, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So I went to France and came back the next year. I was hyped, ready, ex everything was good. And uh, long story short, Willis Reed said, all right, man, this is what we got. He says, we wanted we wanted to offer you something. And I said, no, I wanted the, the minimum. The minimum, I think the minimum salary at the time is, was either 175 or 180,000 for the year. That's mm -hmm. what I wanted because I said, just get me in the door. Just let me get in the door. I'll, I'll go from there. Well, I had an agent who said one million for two years, take wow. it or leave it to Willis wow. Reed. So when That's Willis Reed told me that, I'm, I'm calling this guy saying, yo, man, you're no longer my agent. Like I got rid of him immediately because he didn't do what I wanted him to do. I wanted the minimum so I can prove myself. But because he was an insurance agent during the, or insurance salesman during the day and an agent during the night, it would have been a come up for him 
if yeah. he could have got a million because he would have got 10 percent of that right 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 that sounds so, so yeah. willis reed said john there's other players that you know veterans that we can get for this price so you know because your agent said take it or leave it we gotta leave it so at that point and and the thing i respected about willis reed may god rest his soul he talked to me like like he was a father figure, right? Mm -hmm. And we all know the champion he is and, you know, all the stuff that he did in his career. But just hearing him say, John, it's not over for you. Just keep playing. And I said, yes, sir. And then I went mm -hmm. on and I went on to like a 14-year European career and played around the world. Right. But I, I, I always tell young people, again, watch the people who, who, who you hang with Watch the people who's in your ear, who's closest to you. Always you got to work. If I would have okay. kept working after I got that phone call, <clears throat> it could have been different for me. Because right, I was right. already the second leading, second, third leading scorer in the country. And that's, you know, I had something going for myself. So I don't have a problem with admitting that I messed up, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people have a problem admitting or they want to blame somebody else. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm blaming myself right. because as I told you on my story, I worked hard all the time, but I had yeah. certain people that was in my ear. John, you an NBA player now. Your money's no good. Oh, John, pay for it later. All that stuff played was very influential on a, a 22, 23-year-old person. Actually, I'd like to hear, John, about that short time you had with the Nets when you were at the training camp. You got to see all these guys. You know, that's the time Kenny Anderson, Derek Coleman were all-stars. Yes. You got Chris Morris, was a good player. Eventually played Chris in the PBA Morris. as well. Yes. You know what I mean? Can you tell me about that, the way you interacted with all these guys? Yes. Chuck Daly? I'm going to tell you like this. Kenny Anderson was one of the best point guards i ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. he, was, he was the best. And Kenny Anderson was somebody... You know, we all know about his, his issue with alcohol, but he's somebody who I've seen drink and can go on the court and, and play like he hadn't been drinking, right? Mm -hmm. He was yeah. about he was serious about his game. Derek Coleman was a, a, a serious person. Like he, he was about his business. That's why he was an all-star and people, you know, loved him. But one time with Derek Coleman, we was in the locker room and he was cleaning out his locker and it was an envelope. And he said, oh, man, this is a check. And he said, oh, this is an old check. And it was like, he told, it was like $480,000 check that he had in his locker that just was there that he forgot about. So I said, <laughs> what if he forgot the? about a check for $480,000, then what kind of money is this man making? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, P.J. Brown, um, they, he was uh -huh. good people. He was, man. PJ Brown was more than my level. And, you know, he, he would, they, they were all trying to instill the game. They would, they like to say, you know, the NBA is like this, the NBA is like this, you know, keep your nose clean, stuff like that. So they were very good mentors. I'll say uh, Charlie, they were very good mentors mm -hmm. and they, they helped me while I was there. You know, they, very, they looked out for him. Yeah. Well, yeah, what about Chuck Daly? Yeah. Chuck yeah. Daly, yeah. come on, man. That's that <laughs> Hall of Fame superstar, man. The man was, man, the man knows basketball. He knows yeah, yeah. basketball. He had and just he, won a gold medal in the Olympics, 92. Yeah, yeah. 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 
Yes. So he already had the swagger. Man, that's Chuck Daly, the bad boys of Detroit. Like, you look like I had to catch myself. I'm looking at him like, yo, this guy, he's a man, he's a he's a hell of a coach. And now he's our coach. But yeah, man, he was he was on another level, guys. Another in, in a nice suit all the time, right? All the yeah, time. Yeah. I never seen him like when he wore a sweatsuit, it looked like it was something where out of that was Gucci or something. He, he, was, <laughs> he was a that guy. He was classy. And yeah. then his hair, right? His yeah, hair, hair yeah. had to be a Every time. Did any, never did any of you all try to touch his hair? I mean, did you, during practice, I need to touch this. Man, I need I, to make I contact got close. with his hair. I got close. <laughs> but I thought, yeah, he's one of the original bad boys, so I don't I don't want to touch that. <laughs> so, but, so, but, so you did eventually do what, what Willis Reed said, and then the, the contract was off the table. So you did play in Europe uh, still? I, you, you went I, back, I suppose? I went back to Europe. And the thing is, and see, this the other thing. Europe exposed me to a whole new world because us as Americans, you know, we get so used to America. But when you go outside of those outside of the country, you in somebody else's land. Some people don't speak English. Some people don't drink Coke, don't like ketchup. Right. So you have <laughs> you have to learn to adapt. So when I went to France, it was like, yo, they don't speak English. I got to learn the language. I had to learn how to count because I wanted to make sure my money was right. So, you know, I had I, I had to pivot and immerse myself in the culture of France. So, you know, they drank wine, they drank, uh, ate cheese, champagne, and, you know, it, it was just a whole different way of life. And I liked the way that that I was treated in France, right? Even though I was a basketball player, I was respected highly in france and and as as well as the philippines and other places I, I went but you know not making the nba didn't it didn't stop me right i feel like yo i became a better person because i was not in the nba and i know that may sound crazy yes the money young people young ballers yeah the money is good yes but if you chasing the money and you lose your soul in the process what good is that? But because mm -hmm. I went the route that I went, I feel like I'm I'm richer now than mm -hmm. I was if I would have played in the NBA because of all the friends and all the different things that I'm doing now, years after the ball stopped bouncing. Yeah, yeah. But, but curious, when you get you know, oh, yeah, go, 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 on, go. On. yeah, sorry, Charlie. I just wanted to know. I'm, I'm just curious. So the deal was off with the with the Nets. Did any other NBA team give you a look, say like probably the Celtics? Probably nah, the, 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 nope. the bullets or something. Mm -hmm. Nope. And then it was like, it, then my agent got a bad rep. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. he did that and I, I fired him on the spot. So, you know, news travel fast and they knew what uh, John's agent is a, is a shyster, you know, so that, oh, all yeah, that yeah, stuff matters. Okay. Yeah. Got blackballed because watch, of your agent. Yeah. Watch who's around you, you know, watch that. And, and, and I, I'm glad you said something about blackball because, I got to touch on this because this was a, a major part as well. During 1995, I think it was the Million Man March was going going to take place in Washington D.C. and we was at we was at a uh, we had a game. But in the summer league, you know, we all had to go to um, I think it was we had to go to Orlando. All the draft picks had mm -hmm. to go to Orlando to learn about. The, the 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 NBA taxes and all this good stuff, right? 
So I saw Rod Thorn, Rod Thorn. I believe he's some kind yeah, of Rod assistant yeah. in the NBA. Right, right. And at the time, I told him, I said, hey, Mr. Thorn, um, the Nets, we play Orlando in Memphis on October 15th. And I said, uh, that's the day of the Million Man March in D.C. And I think a lot of basketball players would like to be recognized or have a moment of silence that wish they could be there. So he said, uh, John, no, there's no game on um, October 15th. I said, oh, yes, it is. Now, there was a black man standing next to him looking at me like, well, you better shut up. You know who that is? That's Rod Thorne. He can, he can, you know, get you out of here. I said, I know there's a game on October 15th. So I walked away. The next day, Rod Thorne came up to me and said, John, you were right. There is a game on October 15th. And the NBA will not have a moment of silence for players that wish they could go to the Million Man March. So I said, I said, all right. I said, cool. But at that time, you know, that's when I was just becoming into the Nation of Islam here in America. And, you know, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I was like, yo, it's a lot. Because I talked to y'all know Bob McAdoo, Bob, the, the great L.A. Laker, right. Bob McAdoo. Right. We had a conversation and he was saying that he wanted to go and he was planning on going. So, you know, when they did that, I was just like, man, that was a bad taste in my mouth. But some people, you know, behind the scenes have said, well, John, you might have got blackballed from saying that. And you you went up, you went against um, the commissioner's right hand man. You talked back to him. So even though I was still young, I knew that was supposed to happen. It was that game we was playing Penny and Shaq in Memphis on October 15th. So guess mm -hmm. what happened? We go to play Memphis. My whole family's in the front row sitting watching. I meet Shaq for the first time, shook his hand. I looked up. I had to bend my neck to look up at him now. He was a real <laughs> tall guy. But the Nets didn't play me in that game. They did not play me. So the next game, we, the next night we had to go to Cleveland and I knew the writing was on the wall then. And at that time I said, yeah, this, 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 this not going well, but you know, long story short, Willis Reed did give me the opportunity and yeah. you know, you know, things happened the way it did, but I'm, I'm happy that they happened the way that they did because yeah. I got a chance to come to the Philippines. Yeah. I got right, a chance right. to travel the world three uh, times. Right. right? So, mm -hmm. If you don't make it to the NBA or to a, something that you think is everything, you you might need to relook at it and be like, what can what what can I learn from this, or what's yeah. what's my purpose in life? So that's right. why I will never regret the things that happened with my stint okay. in the NBA. Yeah, and we heard that from some of the other guests as well, right? We heard that from Harold yeah. Keeley. We heard that from Jeff Moore. So you know that their route that they took really, you know, they were destined to do that. It wasn't the NBA for them. But, right. but the, we're looking at this photo right now. So you said you ended up in the Philippines. How did you end up in the Philippines? Bobby Rios. Everybody knows Bobby. Mm -hmm. And I was I was in Puerto Rico. I was in Puerto Rico playing. And the team and, and those in the that know international basketball, some teams they don't have a lot of money or they'll they'll fold or so the team I was playing with in Puerto Rico was getting ready to fold. And I, I met somebody told me, hey, call this guy Bobby Rios, X, Y, Z. So I talked to Bobby Rios. 
and he had me on a plane going to the Philippines like within days and I'm flying first class. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm going, I've never been out West. I had to stop, I think San Francisco or LA and I'm sitting in first class guys, a guy from New Jersey who went to Memphis. Now I'm in Puerto Rico. Now I'm getting on a plane to go. They said it was like 20 some hours. And I said, okay, this place gotta be something special. Soon as I got off the plane and saw the love and the activity and everything was just beautiful. And I met Norman Black, the first person I met, mm -hmm. his very first words to me. And I love him to this. If y'all see Norman, I want you to tell him these words. He said to me, if you keep your nose clean, you can have a a prosperous career in the Philippines. That's what he told me, right? <laughs> and he said, there's, he said, there's things to do in the Philippines that can get you caught up and get you put out on a plane back mm -hmm. to America. But if you do what I, I tell you and, you know, you can have a nice career. So I took that very personal because mm -hmm. that element that I was trying to get away from in Memphis and New Jersey, went to college, the element was there. Now I'm in the Philippines, that element is there. Yeah, yeah. So hearing um, Coach Black say, keep your nose clean and you can have a prosperous career, that that woke me up. I said, yo, I, mm -hmm. I can have something here. This is something that I believe in. And mm -hmm. from that moment, I said, I don't ever want to leave the Philippines. And after him having confidence in me, and he didn't have to tell me that, but he did. So please tell Norman Black that I said yeah. thank you for changing my my trajectory in my life. I will tell him that immediately yeah. after the show. I'll give him a call. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 if you look at the photo here, though, the, the one on the left, uh, is that John, Chris is Jackson? That, yeah, that yeah, is. That's Chris. You're sticking uh, your tongue out. Your future You're teammate. Your tongue out. Yeah, yeah, sticking he your tongue out at him. He was the best defender of me in the Philippines. Him and uh, is it Freddie Adoba? Freddie uh, Abuda. Freddie Abuda. Abuda. Those right. two guys defended me the hardest out of anybody. Chris yeah. was strong. I don't care what nobody say. He may mm -hmm. be a little yeah, short, but he was strong. And we had the battle every day. So that's what made me better. Chris made me a better player in practice because I knew whoever I went up against was not going to defend me like Chris. So shout out to Chris Jackson, man. I love that brother. Some people used to call us uh, brothers because we looked alike, right? Kind of, <laughs> kind of right. Skin color and all of that. But um, yeah, I love Chris Jackson, man. That man, he, he told me, he taught me about Filipino culture. And that's what I respected mm -hmm. about him because while I was in the Philippines, I didn't want to be just an American. It's like, all the Filipinos, this no, I wanted I respected them. Even the we had a we had a cook, we had a nanny, you we had I forgot what they called. What were they called? Um the the people that helped you around the house, right? So yeah. I looked at them like, yo, y'all family to me, like y'all doing all of this, and it was just it was just a beautiful time that Chris explained the Filipino culture to me. So it was more than just being a basketball teammate. He really taught me the culture over there, and I appreciate him to this day for that.
Where well, did you stay when you popular, were here? There was a sorry. I uh, just want to get this out. Uh, there was a pretty popular article when you were around that you actually proclaimed that Freddie Abuda was one of the people that you had really hard time, a really hard time going yes. up against. That was a, that was a very popular article. I read that yes. a long time ago. What I'm, made Freddie Abuda such a tough pest against you? What Freddie did, he had heart, and he was tough. He he never talked. He never. I mean, yeah. he never said anything <laughs> to make yeah. me upset. He just played the game optimally every time we was on the court against each other. It was like I had a, a target on my back and he had the gun trying to shoot me on my back. He was, he was the best defender. And I, I'm look, this 24 years later, and I remember it like it was yesterday. That man stopped me from we getting our second championship because of his defense. Yeah. I don't know what they was telling him or, you know, showing him, but he had my number, so, and and he he did a very good job. Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. He, you he lost did to, good. to San Miguel. He was tough. Yeah, yeah. He was tough. Well, well, just to let you know, Freddie's now based in the states. He's in New York. Oh, okay. He just moved a few months ago. So. Oh, okay. I hope I hope I hope to see him in uh in in America. Oh, we'll let him know. We'll let him know. Yeah, he was yeah. for a long time. He was. Uh, I, I he gotta was see him. I, I gotta get some get back on him now. <laughs> yeah, play him, play him one on one. Huh? Yeah, we gotta play one on one once. Oh, he still got game. By the way, he does still play. Uh, not in the yeah, PJ, yeah. but he's not still plays pickup. Gotcha. Yeah, he had been coaching. He was an assistant coach for a long time in the for PJ. A long time, and you know he he still looks very sturdy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good guy. Yeah, yeah, doesn't, yeah. doesn't uh, what, what, really change that much. Yeah, aside from Freddie, John, uh, your first uh, stint here with San Miguel, who were the other, you know, players that you remember who really stood out for you? Um, Turk and Mott. That is that it a stands name? out for everyone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, uh, what was who's the sharpshooter that was with my teammate? Alec um, Dick. Kai Dick. Yep, 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 yep. Um. <laughs> Look, he took me to the he had a restaurant, him and Samboy. Samboy Lynn, yes, Samboy yeah. Lynn. Yeah. Oh, yes. did you know that Samboy just passed? No. Yeah, less yeah, passed. Three, three weeks ago. About three weeks ago. Oh three weeks man. ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Man, condolences mm -hmm. to him and his his, his mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. But yeah. um, yeah, man. And it was it was so many, so many players that came through, man. And uh what's what's the twin the tall guys from the green, it was it green and white. Santa Lucia? Santa Lucia. Yeah. Marlo Marlo guy. Center. Marlo, yeah, Marlo Aquino. Aquino, Aquino yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember him. Yeah. Also, Nick, Nick Belasco. Nick Belasco. Yeah. 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 Nick Belasco. Yeah. Man, I love that brother, man. He I, he reminded me of Scotty Pippen or something. It's something about <laughs> Nick. Nick the Quick or something. Benji, uh -huh. Benji Peraz. Before, oh, yeah. before I was his teammate. I was like, yeah, Benji, he was a star. I think his wife was a movie star or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex-wife, ex-wife, yeah. Yeah, and um, it was one more. Uh, Vic, Vic Pablo. Vic Pablo. Oh, I just saw yeah, him yeah. the other night. Vic Pablo, man, man, I love him. Him and his wife, man, showed our family so much love. Um, yeah. And that's why I said, in the Philippines, it was more than just playing basketball. It was like you get immersed in the culture, like, after practice, they they was icing my my knees, and we had food right there in the gym. And then it was just 
they took care of you and it felt like family 24 7 and right, you right. you didn't you don't get that in europe it's like yo get out here score rebound then leave in the philippines <laughs> it was like conversation let's talk let's eat and that's what mm-hmm. i loved about the philippines still the number one place in my heart out of all the places i've been yeah so you go you played for san miguel uh that one season the coach norman with a bunch of good teammates but they don't they don't get you back your your next stint in the philippines is with formula shell yes uh how did you feel that it's a different team tapping you well it was it, it was back to what coach black said he said if you keep your nose clean you can have a prosperous year of some prosperous career in the philippines he didn't say I was going to stay on San Miguel's team, but because I kept my nose clean and I did what I was supposed to do. Yes, we didn't win the championship that first year, but something came, something they must have saw something in me at um uh at Formula Shell. And I went and still to this day, when I saw Norman over there, I think we had dinner a couple of times, and I, I still I still thank I always thanked them for giving giving me that opportunity. So Formula Shell took me in. Uh, man, fell in love with Formula Shell just like I did with San Miguel. And shout mm-hmm. out to, uh, to Coach, Coach, Coach Perry. Coach uh, Perry. He's also based he, in the States. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, we, we, we had, uh, I had, I, I had a trip out to Apple a couple years ago and we met and we had lunch, man. And that was a, man, that was a great feeling. But I got to say about Coach Perry, I learned leadership from that man. He was a great leader. And when we was going through the cha- – I think it was the championship or the playoffs, he lost his mother. And y'all know he could have gave up, you know, took a leave of absence, but he kept going. So what I learned from him was in adversity, you still – if you got a job to do, you still got to do it no matter what. And that's when I saw him, he didn't flinch. Yes, he was sad and he told us about his mom. But we was hit on the on the eve of winning the champion championship, and he was he was a hundred percent leader, and that's what I learned from him still to this day. So shout out to Coach Perry and his whole staff for um, instilling that in me today. Yeah, you you came back many times for Shell. That was four years in a row that that you played for them. You won that championship, as you mentioned. And then this photo, I think this is during that championship series. Yes. Yeah, you, you had Donald with you, uh, Jerry Estrana. I just was uh, with Donald a month ago. He coaches for oh, Vanderbilt. Wow. Uh, him and Jerry Stackhouse are the coaches at Vanderbilt University, and we just uh-huh. met uh, a month ago. But, yeah, man, that was the best time of my life, man, winning the championship in the Philippines, the bonuses, man, the love that the, the community, <laughs> the Filipino hey, I community the game seven. I covered that game seven on radio between you and, and Mobileye. You were going up against Artemis McClary and, and Silas Mills. Remember Silas those guys? Mills, yes. Yeah. That's right. And I like this photo. You see Joey Guano in a, in a suit, yeah, Bobby Park in a suit. What's Joey doing now? He's the head of the technical committee of the PBA, so he's, he's there yeah, every game. He's working with the really? league now. Yeah. Yeah. He works, yeah. in the, he works Joey, with the referees. Saying, man, hey, I, want, I, need to, I need to talk to Joey, man. I miss him, man. He was a clown, man. He kept, he kept he the jokes. He kept the jokes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. get you. I'll get you in touch with him, John. I'll get you in touch. And there's Joel Dualan and then Noy Castillo. Yep. Yep. June yeah. Marsan. One um behind Joey, the point guard. Who was that? June Marsan. Yes. June Marsan. June Marsan. Yeah, that's yeah. June. Yeah, that's June. Yeah. Okay. Man, yeah, they, those were the days, man. Hey, I never tell you, 
the Philippines is the best place I ever been. Me and my wife and family say that's like fan. We call it Fantasy Island because we. My wife used to say, <laughs> "Don't get used to this because it's only gonna happen in the Philippines where they do all that. You know, they they cook for you and they they do all this work. When we get back to America, it's not like that. But there's no Jollibee." <laughs> yeah, 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 no, yeah, no jolly, yeah, yeah. No jolly. But, we need, but we need to talk more about. I mean, you, you're talking about Shell and how they treated you and all of that. But let's talk about the games, you know, the guys that you that you faced, and then and the coaches and all of that, and the whole PBA thing. How how did it? How did you look at it? How do you remember? Who are the faces? The names? You know, Chut, Chut Reyes was he one of the coaches oh, yeah. at Shell? Or yeah, what, yeah. yeah. I yeah. remember him still around telling now telling me. He told me, John, be yourself, have fun. He taught me the long pass. Once you get the rebound, he just said, throw the ball long ways, and, and it works sometimes. And it worked, you know. But the thing is, at Shell, learning the management, learning, you know, they, they brought me to the offices, and I got to meet some of the people with the, from the Shell Corporation. You know, that, that taught me how to – to go from basketball player to corporate, right? It was it taught me like, yo, yeah, I play basketball. I represent Formula Shell. Shell is big the, around the world. So mm -hmm. being with that team, it we was very tight. We did everything together, and the coaching staff again, like I said, goes back to Coach Perry. He 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 kept he kept me focused. He kept me thinking about – he kept my eyes on the prize, let's say that. And the mm -hmm. whole staff in, um, from corporate – I forgot the general manager uh, name at the time. He's in the back. He in that picture. Uh, Bobby Canapi? Who? Bobby Canapi? Was that uh, is that what you were talking about? I don't know. There's a picture. Where is he there? He's the one he's with the, the tie on behind uh, Coach Perry in the back. Okay. Oh, in the back. Oh, oh in the guy. back. Yeah, he, he was the manager, okay. and, you know, it just like – I love when he came in the room and said, y'all win tonight, triple bonus. You know, like <laughs> people wanted to say triple, double, and all that. So it, it was it was fun. I, I learned more than, than basketball with Formula Shell. I learned how to be a professional outside of basketball from Formula Shell. How do you juggle that schedule, John? I mean, because you came back four years in a row. So after the PBA conference, you'd go play in Europe again. Yep. And then what? You'd make sure that when it's time to come back, you could come back. I made myself available to come back because I, I love I loved the Philippines. I mean, I, once you get a taste of something good, you want to come <laughs> back. And then, y'all, when we won the championship, they said, John, we're going to go to uh, Palawan. You want to go? And wow. they said at the time, Palawan would had. I think the number two or three beach in the world. So being able to see that and my family to see that and to go snorkeling in the South China Sea, another a kid from Memphis, Tennessee, New Jersey, and I'm going, yeah, Bobby Villarosa. That's who it was. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, James. Yeah, James. But to be able to go, yo, I went from this place. Now I'm looking at, I mean, the world's most beautiful islands and. Cebu and white sand beaches and Barakai. You know, I, I fell in love with the Philippines. I, I need to come back just to come you back. Do. Say, you should. I, I need you to should. come back. Yeah, yeah. you should. Uh, it's about yeah. time. 24 years. Maybe you can market. Don't worry about it. When, when you come back, the kid's going to drive you. 
<laughs> yeah, twenty. And then, and then, then Noel's gonna pay. Noel's gonna pay for your dinner. So, yeah, I'll cook dinner. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let's go yeah, to the next photo, a, please, Carly. This is a special group, though. In '98, that yeah. was a game seven in Cuneta Astrodome. No, they don't even play yeah. Cuneta Astrodome anymore. Oh, but, they but don't play no games game there. Uh, they don't yeah, use yeah. it much anymore now. Yeah, they used to a couple of yeah. seasons ago. There you are. That's yeah. your, is that your son? Is that your son on your shoulders? That's my son. That's my son, Jamil, on my shoulders, man. How old is he? How old is he now? He is twenty nine now. Wow. He is Are you a grandfather now? Are you a grandfather I'm a now? Grandfather now. Yes, I got congratulations. Five grand. I got five grandchildren. Whoa! Yeah. And I got five. I have five children and five grandchildren. Hey, Sid, he's your age. He's huh? your yeah. age. I know. Yeah, you're the same. You're the same. Born the yeah, same also, year. Yeah, I'm also yeah. 1971. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that that picture right there, man. That's what that right there, man. Just winning a championship to have that feel. I tell people, I don't care where you win a championship, NBA, college, high school, wherever. It's nothing like winning a championship, and all the work that you put in with your teammates and all that. And y'all know how it is. Like to cover the championship game, they're not letting anybody just cover a championship game. You had mm -hmm. to do something to get there. Mm -hmm. So all of those people in that picture, man, that brings back so many memories, man. Because we put the work in, and we and we played together, and we won. So man, that that's gonna always. I need to get a copy of that, man, because I, yeah. I haven't seen that picture since I left the Philippines. And my son, I know you he'll know, get a kick out of seeing yeah, that. that. You know, you, the thing it, is, yeah. you, you won the championship, uh, um, John, but it was a game seven. That game was more seven. special. And, and yeah. this is the same team you went up against in the in the mini conference before called the Centennial Cup, where you guys lost right. the Centennial Cup. Then you right. get them back in game seven of, of, it's like the biggest game of the year. It was the biggest game of the year. And, and they kept saying it. They said, man, they beat us before in the last the last conference and it was like you know they they wanted to say john we really want to win but they didn't come out and tell me but they they made me kind of feel how important that was to get yeah. up there and win that championship game for them and to, to to see the look on their faces when we won the championship and like man you you can't explain that you got to be there to 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 take it all in and to see how the filipino community was excited and the stuff falling from the rafters it was it was just a beautiful thing how tough of mm -hmm. a matchup was silas mills and of course t mcclary of course that's donald williams problem but you had to take on mcclary every now and then he'd post you up and slash anyway right 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 they were slashers right and silas mills i think if you remember i got him out of his game because i i think i did something and he he slapped me on my leg or something and got a technical foul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, I was in his mind. He's a hell of a player. Don't get me wrong. But I had to use all it's, – it's game seven. You got to yeah. do whatever it takes to win. So if I could get him out of his game and yeah. get him to get a technical foul or get a foul, that's better for us. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was, a, it was, that was one of the best games of my life. Yeah, mm -hmm. Jerry Esplana played incredible in that. Oh uh, yeah, series, yes. I remember, final yes. series. I call I yeah. called him the old man back then, but man, he 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 really did his thing, man. If if we wouldn't have won it, if it wasn't for his gameplay and his leadership. That's right. And uh, yeah. of course, Benji Paras also had a, a, a renaissance of sorts uh, in in that season. Talk about how Benji Paras was as a basketball player. I mean, he was a beast on the court, right? 
Benji, Benji is what Deion Sanders, Coach Deion Sanders calls a dog. D-A-W-G. Mm-hmm. Benji, I, I never seen fear cross his eyes. I never seen him back down from anybody. And those are the type of people you want next to you. People who are not afraid to go to battle and like to go up against Silas and McClary. Man, that, that was a, a dynamic duo. And it took yep. all of us to be on the same accord to win that game. And, and another message to the young people, you can be the best scorer in the world, but if they stop you from scoring, what you going to do? Mm-hmm. If all you've been doing is scoring and not trying to get your teammates involved, you think it's all about you, you're going to come up against somebody who's going to be your Freddy Abuda that's going to stop you from doing uh-huh. what you're supposed to do. So if you don't have that that team teammate mentality or you know know how to work together with others, you'll never win a championship. You'll just be, oh yeah, he scored 40 points, he scored 50 points, but never have a championship because you don't know how to play uh, as a team player. And you can you can say that into whatever you do in life, whoever's listening. If you're not a team player, you're not going to get to the to that promised land if you're thinking it's all about you. So Donald Williams and myself, even though we thought we were good, we knew we believed in our team. And that's why our teammates shine in that championship game. So I don't even remember how many points me and Donald had in that game. But I know we won. I know we Mm -hmm. won the championship. And I know everybody was happy. So that's it. Right. Yeah. Right. What what was Donald Williams like as a a team? He he never came back after this uh, conference. I didn't even hear him talk. I don't think he ever talked. Yeah. He He was very shy. Yeah. (laughs) Very shy. But. He he knows basketball. He played yeah. under the yeah, great Carter. Dean Smith. Yeah, from North mm-hmm. Carolina. He won a championship ninety three. Right? He won a championship. Yeah, against Chris Webber. Against Chris mm-hmm. Webber, right? So right. Donald and people say Donald should have, could have, would have, should have did this, did that. But Donald was a sharpshooter. Donald knew the game of basketball. His level, his IQ for basketball then and now uh, is is unmatched. You don't win the what he got. I think he won the uh the final four MVP. Yes, yeah, because of his his floor leadership. You know what I'm saying? He he took his team to the championship just like he took us to the championship in the Philippines, whether it's University of North Carolina or Formula Shell. No matter where you go as a player, young people, you gotta know the game. So whether you playing in Moscow, France. Greece, the Philippines, you got to know how to play basketball and That's not right. just think I got to score 50 points. It's you mm-hmm. got to know how to you got to have that basketball IQ. Sorry about That's that, right. man. I just y'all got me excited That's talking about right. my no, no, no. great great stuff. Great. Yeah, Donald Williams, another guy we we'd love to talk to too because you know he he did a lot in his career as well. But but yeah, that's right. He was a pretty I, quiet. I'll, I'll reach out to him and uh, I'll connect yeah, you thank on you. Facebook. Sure. Yeah, that, that, that would be great. What's the next photo, Carly? On the because this is the championship photo. We've talked about uh-huh. that. This is Sid. Do me a favor, Sid. Throw some names out to 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 John. Who were the the, the top PBA players when he was here? And then let's see if he remembers well, them. Yeah, ninety eight. Yeah, Danny I was a rookie. Um, that was who was that? Oh, Kenneth Deremdes. Do you remember him? Yeah, Kenneth yeah, yeah. was, yes. was the MVP. Uh, yeah, was, yeah. Yeah. He was in Bangkok. He was in Bangkok in the Asian Games while this uh, 
championship was going on. Okay. Yeah, he, yeah. he was he was real good. What's what's the guy that used to be at Pure Foods? Alvin Patrimonio. Patrimonio, yes. Another guy. Remember him. Excellent. Yeah. And the point guard from Alaska, very short. Johnny, Johnny Abriantos. Yeah. <laughs> I remember still, all of them guys. Yeah, they're still in the league. Uh, really? Uh, Alvin Coaching. is now the team manager of Pure Foods, the Pure Foods team. Okay. And Johnny's one of the assistants. Yeah, Johnny's one of the assistants. So okay. they teamed up. <laughs> hey, but, see, yep. but that's good to see that the players elevated, not just as a player, but also to go into management or go work mm -hmm. for the league. I mean, to keep yeah. it thriving because you want people who played in the PBA to be in those front offices that know what it takes. And, you know, basketball is basketball, but you got to have your halftime shows and the stuff that goes along with the game. These are the players that know that type of thing. So it's good to hear that they're in the PBA still working. Yeah, Kenneth Durandis is the commissioner of a rival league of the PBA called the MPBL. So he became a commissioner. Wow. Um, after okay. after he retired from playing, yeah. Excellent. The other guys like Jerry Codinera also. I'm sure Jerry, you had your, yes. your, your run-ins with Jerry as well. It was a lot, man. It, it, and the thing is, we, we would go to war on the court, and then we'll see each other out that night at a restaurant. We'll eat That's together. Right. And, yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've been meaning to ask you, where did you stay? At first, when you were here in 95 with San Miguel, uh, where I did they put you up? We stayed up. Um, I forgot where it was. It was. Um, we stayed in two different places, man. But I remember it was close to the street that goes to Robinson's Galleria. Oh, so we, okay. It was not too far. Ortiga, like, Ortigas area. Yeah, Ortigas, yeah, Ortigas area. Like yeah. It was a tower that we stayed at. Yep, yep, uh -huh. by on Ortigas. Yes, and um, man, I love it. it. Was it was the best, yeah. man? And and you shared with me when we when I, when we talked in '98 or '99 that you said that you can't get enough of chicken adobo. Yeah, the chicken adobo was the best. <laughs> I mean, man, I could eat that all day long. And um, you know, and shout out to the the to the to the people our chefs that we had because that also was a way for them to show. What else? What, it was something else we used to eat. The the noodles. The um, pancit, 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 pancit. Yeah, pancit. Yeah. Oh pancit. man, come on, man. That, <laughs> nothing better than that. And you gotta come lupia, back, man. Lup I'm telling you, lupia, lupia, yeah. yeah. Come on, yeah. man. Yeah. I'm telling okay. you, you, you gotta you gotta get yourself some of that, John. You gotta of head course, over here soon. We, we gotta we ask gotta you back. because we've asked all this of all of the imports who've guessed it. Did you try balut? No. Oh, <laughs> come on, John. You didn't. That's the best one. <laughs> here's here's the here's the suggestion. Was it Galleria Suites? Where you Galleria Suites? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's Thanks, what we Man, these all folks right. know all of this stuff, man. That's yeah, yeah, you know what, John. Our fans are smarter than us. They know yeah. more about you than we. Their memories are right. much hey, better. The fans. Yeah. Hey, that's why I said the fans over there. I will put them on the same level as as the NBA cities fans. They really <laughs> even take, yeah. <laughs> no, they take the game serious. It was some nights I had to cover myself as I was running out. I, hey, I remember those days. I remember those days. Kind of hard. Yeah. Uh, kind of hard to hide somebody who's six foot eight trying to wear disguise. Yeah. You know. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and here's here's a before and after kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Wow. Man, Hello. side by side. Yo, that is <laughs> wow. That's like 
And Man. of course, you still get your Turk and Mott shot in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is not that. Turk, Turk, but, but you're wearing number four here. You, you had 25, then you had four. I, th I think you had a 21 earlier for San Miguel. 25 was, 20, my, 25, was my number. 25. Yeah. Oh, 25. Too. Yeah. Well, she, why 25, John? Was there any significance for 25? Man, I, I always said two plus five is seven. It was something about the the number seven was was uh -huh. a special number in my childhood uh, with a group called the Five Percenters, and they had a seven with a star in it. And I say two plus five is seven, you know. And then when I was in uh, um, Berlin, my number was three. Five minus two was three. I mean, you know, basketball players, we do silly stuff like that, you know, uh -huh. try to try to have some type of things uh to keep us you know motivated but man I, i'm thanks for putting those pictures side by side man that just man this, i'm this, gonna forward i'm gonna forward all of them to you after the show but, but uh, see, when i see those pictures i see i see the pain that I, I went through to get to that level right like that that i think the game on the left that's when we played uh penny hardaway at uh at the pyramid and you know larry finch who's no longer with us was the coach so that picture always going to going to do something to me man because that's when i was leading the country in scoring that game so whenever i see that picture i remember all the hard work that we did and also i got to send a special shout out to uh mary cell this this i call her the fan the best fan in the world because still to this day she she calls me or she sends me a text message. Happy birthday. Merry Christmas. Still Aww. to this day. So Mary Sale, if you're watching, thank you. I appreciate you. She send cards, pictures. I mean, that's what I mean about the Filipino fans, man. It's, 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 it's more than basketball, man. And so please, if y'all can express that to the people of the Philippines, I never met people who appreciates you know what I'm saying? No matter what, man. It was like everywhere I went, man, I, it was just like, man, I couldn't believe how humble everybody was. And I took that. And I'm sorry, but I got to be honest. I took the humble, how I learned from the, the how to be humble. No matter you make money, you don't make money, you can always be respected. And that's what I learned and appreciated from the Filipino people, man. So I love them. And I always will thank them no matter where I am in life. Look, 25 years late, 24 years later, I'm still talking about what I learned from you, you, the people of the Philippines. So it's bigger <laughs> yeah. than basketball for me. Definitely. And, and the fans remember you very fondly, of course, John. But when did – so you, you played after after the Philippines 2000. You played for a few more years. You went, you went back to Europe. And then when did you finally decide now's the time to stop? Well, in 2007 – I was sitting having some coffee. Me and the missus was having coffee. And I got, I think I got an email. No, I got a phone call. And it's the girl, it was a young girl's voice who said, um, said, um, are you John Best? I said, yes. She said, well, you could be my daddy. So I was like, huh? Whoa. So I said, well, what's your mother's name? She said her mother's name. I didn't remember. And I, and I this I think we was just home maybe two three weeks, and and I'm trying to go through my memory bank like, and I said, "How old are you?" She told me, and I said, "Uh, email me a picture of you and your mother." So she emailed me a picture of her first, and I said, "Well, she looked like me, 
you know, she got uh, hazel eyes like my, my grandmother. And then she sent me a picture of her mother. And then I said, yes, okay, I remember. And so at that time, she's 15 years old. And I'm on the downswing of my career. I'm still good. I'm at a good level, but I'm on the, the backside. And um, it's like, do I continue play basketball? Or how, how do I got a daughter that I never knew for 15 years? So long story short, um, I was due to go back to France. And then we had to do, I think, um, a paternity test. All that came back. She was my daughter. And then I remember my my I had a lawyer who told me that I may have to pay back Mm-hmm. 15 years you know that 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 situation of paying back uh child support so then we calculated how much it would cost that i would have to pay back and then i just made a decision at that time i need to stop playing basketball and mm-hmm. crazy crazy decision family was mad and then i stopped we didn't go back i didn't play basketball anymore and but come to find out, I never had to pay that money back. The mother said that she um she didn't want to take me back to that because I didn't know. But I want y'all to pay attention. I gave up everything because I thought I would have to pay back 15 years. So they added up all my contracts 15 years and said, this is the amount. I heard the amount. I said, yo, I got to stop. I got to stop. But come to find out, I didn't, but I missed the opportunities that I had to go back to France at the time. So now I'm not playing basketball anymore. It's over with. Although you could have. You still could have, right? I still could have, but it was like uh, November, December, you know, and then it's like if they don't bring you in at mid-year, you know, I would have to wait to the end. So – I just I just chalked it up and said, nah. But I'm dealing with, I'm still dealing with at the time, I got a daughter that I didn't know about. And that weighed on me heavily because I had four other children that benefited from my years of playing basketball. But here mm-hmm. I find out I got a daughter and she didn't get the benefit. So that 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 bothered me some. Right. And then that's when I just say, yo, I'm I'm giving up. And that and I'm Luckily, my knees and everything was still good. You know, I just, but I just gave up basketball and, and I wanted to do something else. Are you still in contact okay. with your daughter? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got a granddaughter, um, Jasmine, and, and, and Jovi is my granddaughter's name. Uh, my, my, my daughter, she does some stuff um, with the Republican Party and some called uh, Blexit. And she's, uh, not, is it Blexit? It blacks it, and she um she does she does she does she's in the media she does media pretty well so yeah we we definitely in contact but you know back to the situation with the NBA I faced every one of my hardships or difficult times head on I didn't run I didn't make an excuse I just said yo I'm I'm willing to accept that responsibility. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and still to this day, I think all of that stuff happened, shaped the person who I am today. So that's why you hear me say young people, 
young ball players because if we don't tell them, they may go through that same thing and it may be worse for them. But I'm like, hold up, look at this red stop sign. Hold up, don't go down that path, you know. So that's why mm -hmm. it's like that. And that's why I don't regret nothing that ever happened. And I, I thank y'all for bringing this stuff up because I don't get to talk like this when I'm on the radio here in Memphis. And, uh -huh. you know, I don't do this in the day-to-day. -day, but when people ask me questions, I got to give them the truth. Okay, I got to ask you that because you mentioned it already. You know, you're in your studio there. You do. You have this show. Where did you, where did you begin doing that? Well, I've, I've been a DJ since I was like 14, 15 years old back in New Jersey. Okay. And, um, you know, that just music, even in the Philippines, I always had my headphones on. And, mm -hmm. you know, Noel, I remember I probably, I probably had some headphones on around my you neck did. talking you to did. him, right? So we always, music <laughs> has always been a part of, of, of uh, John Best, and it will always be. And I think that's what's keeping me kind of youthful because I listen to music every single day. And mm -hmm. um and and what led to this is you know um my general former general manager her name is Stephanie Everson she said you ever thinking about ready thought about going being on radio and I'm like nah but I'm thinking yo here go an opportunity again Charlie here's another <laughs> opportunity knocking right you want to go down this path and so I I did and I fell in love with it and man I'm I've been on air since 2015 now I'm the general manager and, and I'm on air. And, um, you know, it's just I'm trying to push positivity in my current situation, trying to, you know, y'all know how it is in media. You can be one. You can have a narrative of we're pushing positive stuff or we can have some. Well, we're just going to push some, you know, the, the the negative stuff. So we're trying to push the positive. Right I want to have one of those. I want to have one of those shirts, though. I, I, I'll get y'all. I'll get y'all one of those shirts. <laughs> yeah. So your show's on every day. You're you're on the air every day. Every day from four to seven, Monday through Friday, four p.m. to seven p.m. Do you have guests? Do you do? You, is it a part talk show? Or is it just it's mostly music? Well, and then you it's, give a little it's commentary. It's music, but um, I don't do no gossip. Um, it's mainly music and interviews, like like interviewing um, activists. Um, you know, important people, you know, not not just rappers and singers, uh -huh. people who are important in the community, because as you all know, you know, well, in Memphis, we have a big, you know, crime problem. And, you know, we, we deal it's crime everywhere. But, you know, we, we, we try to find ways. Of, I try to bring people on to be examples for the young people like, look, you don't have to do break in cars. You don't have to do this. You can be a lawyer, you can be a doctor, you can be a ball player, you can be engineer, you can be somebody that uh -huh. knows AI, right? So right, right. This, 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 the radio station is part owned by the uh, school system. So uh, in Tennessee, we have the largest school system and we have a, a radio and TV station that's the broadcast arm of that uh, school district. And shout out to my boss, uh, Chief Cat Dr. Chief Catherine Stout, because she's allowed me to um, be the general manager over here and, and do what I do. She allows me to be me, just like mm -hmm. some of the coaches, like Coach Perry, he allowed me to be me. Chuck mm -hmm. Reyes, Norman Black, they allowed me to be me and I could be my best self. So, you know, I right. see I see a, I see a kind of similarities between all these people, man. Started in the Philippines, though. <laughs> When you play what? You play hip-hop, R&B? Play hip-hop, R&B, classic 70s, 80s. You know, right, you know, Stevie wow. Wonder. I play yeah. little, little, little and, then, and then is this on streaming? It's streaming yeah. online when, yeah, it's, when you're on? It's streaming okay. on uh, I gotta, I gotta check that out one time when you're on the air. Music. 
I'll send y'all some links, man. And uh, okay, sure. You know, maybe I can I can bring y'all on my show, and uh, we can we can have yeah, a time. Yeah, we'd great. love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. all about yeah. the Philippines, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, the yeah, three yeah. of us, the three of us love music too. So we're, we're yeah. retro yeah, guys, yeah. actually. Yeah. I mean, Noel, Noel's actually a musician. So no, Noel plays keyboard oh, and drums. Oh, okay. I am, actually, I used yeah. to get Charlie's quite the singer, though. Charlie's quite the singer too. Oh, Charlie <laughs> sings. Okay. Yeah. But oh, I yeah, used to get does. my jazz from Green Hills Mall. It was a spot. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that music. And I, they had a jazz station in the Philippines. I used to listen to. Oh, yeah, Light. Yeah. Light. Yeah. Are they still? They still there? No, they're not. No, they're no, they're they're no, no, Okay, yeah, they're no an alternative. You gotta go online now. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that, that radio station was also based in Ortigas. Oh, yeah, really? not too far from you. Wow, not too far from you. Yeah. Okay. How, how's the next the president, president, How's the president? Yeah, okay. Who's the president now? Oh, president Ferdinand Marcos Jr. Marcos Jr. Yep. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna get into that right now. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they could be watching this, uh, listening to this. So yeah, <laughs> hey, congratulations, Marcos Jr. And for me, that's and for me though. Yes, Coach Coach Penny, Coach uh -huh. Anthony Hardaway. He's the that's best right. thing that happened to our city in Memphis for not just our young people, but for the spirit oh, of Memphis. He embodied. Hey, you were you, everything. you were watching the the '93 draft. I mean, how do you? How, what was it like for you when you saw the Weber trade go down? I mean, I think it was just a lot of behind the scenes stuff that was taking place, you know, and I think, you know, people, you know, they made their decisions and, you know, yeah. look what happened with, with the trade or look how Penny, you know, ended up, you know, and, you know, every, I think it all worked out. I yeah, still yeah. think, look, and I say this in public, I say now I'm glad I got a platform to say it. I think Penny would have been the best thing next to Michael Jordan, right? Mm -hmm. Before Kobe, before LeBron, I think if Penny would have, you know, been healthy, I think he was the next Jordan because he was spectacular. Yes, and he, he had he took Memphis everywhere he went. Like he played with a, a a real like a different chip on his shoulder. And every game, I mean, y'all saw some of his highlights. Some mm -hmm. of his yeah. stuff was incredible, right? Yeah, man. So yep. yeah, he I yeah, call vision. Him, Penny's the OG, like Penny is. And he the, beat the Bulls. He beat the Bulls too, he right? Beat the Bulls, yes, mm -hmm. yes. So Penny, <laughs> and and he, you could tell, he, you know, he he's a winner. He wants to win. Even he won in junior high, high school, and now he's in college. And he told me before the season, he said this was his best team he ever assembled. So you know, I'm looking to see. I think they they were in the top ten last night, but they lost to South Florida. So I want to see how far they drop, but they got a, a great team. And man, Penny, my my one Penny thing, Penny story is when I led the nation in scoring, we had to play Memphis at Memphis. And I'm from Memphis. So all my family's at the game. So after the game, Penny comes up, they beat us. He said, John, like, I know you're the leading score. He said, Man, but I couldn't let you, couldn't let you do it in my house tonight. I said, Yes, sir. I got you. All good. But you know. <laughs> That's the camaraderie, fellas. You know, y'all know how it is. You yeah, know, uh -huh. I'll do anything for him, and I'm sure he'll do anything for me. Uh, I interviewed him a couple of times, and he he just does so much for the city, and he's a well-respected individual. And, man, I, like I said, man, that, that's the guy, man. He he is Memphis. He is. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, John, I, I just got a question about, you know, Memphis and Penny's program. You think if James Wiseman had stayed longer, 
at Memphis, <laughs> you know, his NBA career would have turned out. That was my uh, what are the odds question. A little better. <laughs> I think yes. Got to change my, it, my initial question is yes. I mean, he was a beast. You know, he was a beast. Like, I didn't see nobody stopping him, right? You know, and I, and you know, I have some personal opinion about that whole situation, but I think if he would have stayed, it would have been a different, different situation. I think, it, yeah, Memphis would have really been making some noise because nobody could have stopped that that young man. He was seven foot. I he mean, he was a, he was a beast. Games. His wingspan alone. I mean, he was incredible. Yep. So I think they would have won. They would have did some damage. Yeah, yeah, that's great. But Penny was. I, I'm thinking about Penny right now, and yeah, all the too. great stuff that he did, man. Yeah, he <laughs> did. Yeah, people need to really look back at some of the stuff he did. Then he played with Shaq. Mm -hmm. He made Shaq look extremely good. Y'all mm -hmm. remember the highlights? You know, he just right, right. Uh, yeah, they were four uh, free throws away from uh, maybe a win in, in yeah, the finals. The Anderson free throws. Yeah, <laughs> come on, man. Y'all remember the day? Hey, they had a team. So yeah, yeah, everything, man. Salute to my guy Penny, yeah, yeah. man. Nothing that was that the was the second thing. coming of Kareem and Magic. Yes, over in Orlando. Probably. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That, that's true. I, I'd like to agree with that. What do, I think we have one last photo before we end the time cap. So let's look at it now. These are some old friends of oh, ours, Coach Perry and Vince. Oh, you know, man, that, that, that's when we was in there. I was in San Francisco. Yeah, uh, that's man. Coach yeah, you know, Perry. you know, Vince. Vince has been a gift on our show because we talked. Uh, we talked to some of the old venue announcers, the guys who said the fouls and all of that. That was he was yeah, one of those guys. Yeah. yeah. Good people, yeah. man. I love, man. I yeah, love Vince. Him. Vince was your announcer in Game Seven. He was the one who really? did all the callouts and stuff like that. Game mm -hmm. Seven, Mobileine versus uh versus Shell. Vince was the Game Seven announcer then. Wow. Yeah. Man, we all look like we could be related, man. I think we all be. I think I, I <laughs> well, two guys, two guys in that photo, got some two, Filipino blood yeah. in us or something. Well, two guys in that photo look like they're about to give birth. <laughs> <laughs> I love those guys. They're my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love them to death. So that's that's, that's the time capsule. Yeah, that's all the photos that Sid prepared. So that was a nice trip wow. down memory yeah, lane. Thank you, yeah. man. That that man. Yeah. Just looking at those pictures, man. You know, because in my line of work, and you know, the stuff that I do day to day, I don't get to see or talk about basketball, and you know, I don't try to make myself seem bigger or better than somebody by always talking about the past, right? But when you ask me mm -hmm. questions and you bring up stuff, I got to talk about it because <laughs> I don't get to talk about it. You know, my family, you know, they, you know, my, my children was, was too young, but um, you know, just to, to have this opportunity, man, is a, is a humbling experience 24 years later. And we can talk about it. Like it just happened the other day. Right. I hope That's your kids are watching right now, though, so at least they get to hear the stories. Yes. Yeah. Well, they can always watch it back if they if they really watch it live. We, we will be on. Yeah. We're gonna leave this on the air, and uh, everybody can just click the link on okay. YouTube and on the Facebook page. But but we're not we're not done yet. Yeah, we got to go into our regular segment. So that was the time capsule. So thanks for that. Uh, and we can move on now to our regular segments on the show. Okay. Uh, the first segment we're gonna enter now. What we call it. Well, first we remind everyone you can watch us on Spotify. Please send us some love and rate us with a five-star rating. If you do watch and listen to us on Spotify, you can become our AOB Podcast monthly supporter. $4.99 or 250 pesos. Just click at the bottom of the page on Spotify, and it says there you can help us. And so please send us some love, and we'll love you forever. And then Globally Ball in Southeast Asia. You know, Follow that on Facebook, and uh, you'll get tidbits of all the shows on the Globally Ball Network. And is that it? 
Okay, well, we welcome our new member, Dylan Thomas Paul Yu. Globally hey, Dylan. Dylan. What's up, Dylan? Thanks for join, <laughs> joining our, our, our club. And then, uh, you know, everybody, please come on and follow Globally Ballin. Watch AOB and the rest of the shows. Okay. So, we enter now what we call the Twilight Zone. That means we're in the last two minutes of our show, basically. Okay. Like in a game. So, the first segment of uh, Twilight Zone is a segment called XSROs. It's brought to us by Tuminugan Farm. Check that out. Whoa. How beautiful that is. If you need to relax and unwind, why not rejuvenate, reconnect with nature at the foot of the Kitanglad Mountain Range in Bukidnon? There's a wide range of accommodations like the farmhouse, the bungalow, the cottage, or the tulugan. Check that out. Tuminugan Farm can accommodate entire families, groups of friends, backpackers, and even team-building events. So go to tuminuganfarm.com. Check out Instagram and Facebook. You can book right now and you can have your Mindanao We got to go there, there John. Today. We got to go there, John, when you come back go to the Philippines. So I got yeah, to go back 25 years later. That's the, we going we going yeah. we going to set it up 25 yeah, well, years. Yeah, we're going to document it, you know, take some videos. Yeah. Yeah, 450 yeah, something year old guys just hanging out by the mountain. Yes. How, how does that sound like? <laughs> <Yes. right? laughs> you saw the horses. There are horses there so we can ride them. Okay, we go XSROs. I'm going to give you I've got a list, John, of choices. Uh -huh. It's a bunch of choices. X or O. You know, I give you a choice. You just tell me which one is your choice. You don't have to explain why. Okay? So we'll go down the list, okay? Let's let's right. let's start. Okay, number one, who's the better defender? Abuda or Chris Jackson? Ooh. Ooh um, <laughs> Chris Jackson. Chris Jackson. Okay. okay. By a bit. Okay, how about these guys? Some guards. Jerry Esplana or Ato Agustin. Jerry Esplana, Ato Agustin. Jerry. Jerry, okay. You won a championship. Okay. How about this? These two guys. Noy Castillo or Romel Santos? Ooh. 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 I got to go with Noy, though. I got to go. That, okay. that was, that was okay. my guy. Okay. Yeah. You go with the, with the matinee idol looks. Okay. Richie Tixon or Franz Pumarin? Franz Pumarin. Franz Pumarin. He's a congressman now. What? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah, a congressman. Tell him, hey, bring John over here next year. They're just he a congressman. <laughs> tell him, bring me over here next year. You, you live in Quezon City, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. These two guys, okay, Mike Mustre or June Marzan? June Marzan, June Marzan, yes. Okay, okay. These two big guys, Joel Dualan or Dong Polistico, the late Dong Polistico. Ooh. I, I I can't go against my team, man. Joel, man, Joel. I don't know if everybody know he was a he was a big comedian, man. Yeah, he always, always <laughs> had yeah. jokes. I mean, I'm thinking yeah. something serious is happening to him, and he's like, "Oh, John, I'm just playing." And I'm like, "Yo, man, I'm, I'm feeling all messed up." He said, "Oh, John, I'm just joking." And I'm like, "Who jokes like that?" Like, yeah, great guy, great guy. The only one, yeah. El Aparador. They call him El Aparador. Yeah, they called him. Yeah, he was the he was the whole closet man. That's how big he was. Okay, all right. How about this, Bong Alvarez or Vic Pablo? Oh, come on, man. You come on. You're about to get me in trouble. The whole Vic Pablo <laughs> clan will be coming after me if I don't stay Vic Pablo on that one. Okay. And his wife, I, I, his wife would be on my tail immediately as soon as I get off this, this uh show. I was hey, walking behind them the other day. They yeah. watched the PBA game. I was walking yeah, towards yeah. the mall and they were they're walking right in front of me. Mm -hmm. So his, yeah, his I daughter, his daughter is actually a broadcaster right now as well. I heard Ira, yeah, Ira, yeah, Ira, yes, yes, yeah. Please yeah, she tell does a little court side and reporting. Okay, and then uh, the next one is Jolly Escobar or Brian oh. Punzalan. 
I, I gotta go with Jolly, man. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> gotta go with Jolly, Jolly man. What what is he doing now? He was he, he does his broadcast, he does analysis yeah, he on the does PBA. play by play. He was there last night in the PBA games. Jolly yeah, does, no, he does analysis. Play? Yeah. No, no, he does yeah. analysis. He analysis, 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 analysis. Yeah, yeah. He's man, analysis. Please, Sorry. Man, tell him I said hello, man. I, I, really I gotta tell you this, John. He got married three years ago. I was one of his godfathers. What? <laughs> yeah, because because I introduced him to the lady. Oh yeah, because yeah, I introduced the very you gotta do that. Yes, yeah. yeah, so he got me for that. So, so I'm, I'm his godfather, Jolly Escobar. Okay, how about this? I, I think this is. I, I know your answer here, but I need to ask it. San Miguel or Shell? San Miguel or Shell? Mm -hmm. See, that's tough because if I didn't go to <laughs> San Miguel, I wouldn't have been at Shell, right? Okay, yeah. But I won a championship at Sam. I mean, at, at Shell. So you know, I gotta go with Shell, man. And, okay, and yeah, yeah, that's that's that's. that's but How about I got to thank Sam Miguel. I got to. Yeah, I was texting Coach Normal already just to tell him that you're on the show. And I, hopefully he watches later. He's my message. Okay. Uh, Turk and Mott or Silas Mills? Silas Mills. Silas Mills. Okay. Norman Black or Perry Ronquillo? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now I wants to leave the room. Oh, man, that's the... Man, <laughs> hey, now, I, I can't answer that one. Man. I gotta okay, say, no, both, no, man. you can say ties are allowed. I can say ties. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Man, okay, look, okay. If I would have said Norman and not Coach Perry or Pitt, man, look, like <laughs> that's like Norman. If Norman didn't take a chance on me, right, right. we would not be sitting here right now. That's so right, it's yeah. it's like they it's 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 a balance. You got he got the ball rolling for you, and then right, he got the ball. took it, took it yeah. in for the layup, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Next, how about these? Remember these guys: Eric Mink or Sonny Alvarado? Eric Mink. What team did he play for? San Dwight. Yeah, Eric Mink. Yeah. And Sonny Alvarado. They're yeah. both on the same. Mink. Team. I'm going with Mink. Okay. Yeah, Mink was good. Michigan boy. Okay. Asi Taulava or Andy Siegel? Now. Asi Tolava was the guy that came in me. I remember he had a lot of press on him. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And then the second guy was who? Andy Siegel. Andy Siegel. I like him, man. His game was real smooth. I, I like Andy Siegel. I'm going with Siegel. Okay. okay. Hey, T. McClary or Silas Mills? Anyway. Hmm. T. McClary was a little more tougher than Silas Mills, I think. Huh? So okay, I'll go so with Team McClary for that. Okay, Sid, you're going to ask something. No, I was going to add, uh, Asi actually played his last game just a couple of months ago. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he's still playing. I thought he got into some trouble where he couldn't play or he wasn't yeah, yeah. Filipino he got or, he got, or something. He got cleared. He got, yeah, yeah. he got to fix his papers and he continued playing. He just retired a couple of months ago. So yeah. he's been playing this whole time? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Wow. He, he old, he's older than you. One years that. old, man. He's you fifty-one. Old. Yeah. Wow. He's older than you. <laughs> no, no, I'm he's fifty-two. Not. I'm fifty-two. Uh, yeah. 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 But no, nice. that's nice. Yeah. That's nice right. to hear. Yeah. That. Okay. Next, offense or defense? <laughs> the old me says defense. The young man says offense. Offense okay. got me. Kept me in the Philippines, so I gotta. I'm, I'm gonna go with offense because you know I was known as a scorer, and you know, you know my my defense wasn't as good as my offense, but you know I held my own. But I was considered an offensive threat, so I'm going mm -hmm. with offense. Okay, how about this one, post or jump shot? 
for me, I'm I'm going with post because that okay. was my bread and butter. If I couldn't make a jump shot, I'm gonna take you down in the post. Mm -hmm. And other young people, you gotta know more than one position. Learn how to if you can shoot, that's good. But go learn how to sh pump, fake, dribble, shoot, and low post game. Don't get stuck on one position. Three pointer or slam dunk. Three pointer. <laughs> three pointer. Yeah. <laughs> Formula shell three pointer. Cool, but think about how Steph Curry changed the game. Mm -hmm. He's short, but he's a deadly shooter. And that mm -hmm. them three pointers, man, are deadly. That's so, right. I agree. Yeah, I you agree. know, dunks are good, but they they not dunking like they used to dunk back in the day. I think um, John Morant has been the most exciting um, NBA player in the past couple of years because uh, of his yeah. fly, his high flying capability. But it's nothing like that three pointer, man. When you see Clay and and Steph, the way they shoot mm -hmm. that three pointer, man, that's that's poetry in motion. Right. Right. Okay. Next, Celtics or Lakers? Celtics. Celtics. Yeah. Okay. I'm an yeah. Eastern Celtics. Celtics fans here. Yeah. Yeah. The they just lost I'm, to the Nuggets, though, man. First. They loss. lost. They lost to the Nuggets. Yeah. yeah just yeah. now. First home loss of the season. Yeah, okay. Uh, this one. <laughs> Magic, Michael, or Larry? Michael. Michael. Yeah. Okay. I respect yeah, I Magic and Bird, but Michael's Michael. Like Michael. Okay. How about this? Chris Webber or Penny Hardaway? Penny Hardaway. I'm never okay. going against the home team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Pistons, yeah, yeah. Pistons or Bulls? We're talking about late 80s Pistons or Bulls. I like the Pistons because of the toughness that they brought to the mm -hmm. NBA. Yes, the, okay. Bulls, the Bulls were unstoppable, but I think the Pistons made the NBA tough. Mm -hmm. And I think I the NBA made Michael Jordan who he was. Because y'all remember, mm -hmm. they had to go through Detroit to get right. to the to championship in Detroit, shut them down and made. I think like he got hurt, or yeah. he had to go back and work on his game and get stronger. They had the, they had the Jordan rules. Yeah, Jordan rules. Yep. Uh huh. That's right. Okay. So that's that's uh, you're going with Pistons. Okay. How about this? You mentioned him earlier, Jamal Mashburn or Rodney Rogers. Jamal Mashburn. Jamal Mashburn. Okay. These are your your draft mates, Isaiah Ryder or Allen Houston. Isaiah Ryder or Allen Houston? I'm going with Allen Houston because the work that he's done off the court since he's, you know, he's he stopped playing. His mm -hmm. name is still, you know, he's doing a lot of good philanthropy stuff and he's mm -hmm. doing some stuff with children. I think he's doing some stuff up in New York and he also mm -hmm. doing some stuff here in Tennessee. So I got to give him props. But Isaiah Ryder is still baby Jordan in my eyes. And I remember they, that's what they used to call him. So, um, you know, he gets props for that, but I'm going with mm -hmm. Allen Houston because he's Tennessee guy. Okay, let's show the photo, Carly, for the next one, please. Ha! Huh. Larry Fishburne or Samuel L. Jackson? Yes, sir. Who's it going to be? I'm going with Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel Jackson yeah. gets this one. Okay. And the last oh, one, yeah, please. Oh, yeah, Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I just watched the movie with De Niro. I got to finish it. Um, some, um, I got to go with De Niro, man. De Niro. Like De, Niro. Okay. De Niro gets De Niro. it. Because it's been, it's been Pacino for several episodes but Pacino, already. Pacino, because see, Pacino, you know, I could have just said Scarface, you know, but. 
<laughs> and that he was excellent in that. But De Niro's body of work, mm -hmm. he looked, yeah, he made you, he looks like a mobster now. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> he still looks like he can make a phone call and it's and it's over <laughs> for you. So you know, De Niro okay. his body of work. De Niro gets that. So that's XSROs for episode 204. Who is next, Mr. That's me. That's me. Yeah. That's me. Hold on. Yeah. Let me I know Noel. Yeah, Noel first. Okay. Sorry, it's yeah. Noel. Go. Okay. Noel. Hold on. What part am I supposed to be reading here? Okay. What time is it uh, in the Philippines? It's, it's uh, eleven forty-five. I forgot in to say morning. good morning to the the beautiful people of the people of the Philippines. All right. All right. All right. Here, uh, this this uh, this segment is called "What Are the Odds?" and it's brought to us by Arena Plus. And uh, make your game watching a bit more interesting. Arena Plus is user friendly and made for real sports fans. It isn't just about the bets; it's about deepening your connection with every play. But play it smart. Uh, stay within your limits. Bet what you can afford to lose and never chase your losses. Arena Plus. It's where your enthusiasm for basketball and the excitement of the game come together and enjoy the game responsibly download the app today regional laws and regulations may apply here's my question what are the odds that john best did a norman black and did a bobby parks and stayed in the philippines what were the odds of that happening for you in 2000 when you were when you last set foot in the philippines did you ever think about i want to stay here yes i want to stay here forever i told so what would I have told... taken for you to stay Man, they, if they would have offered me like a a, a a lifetime contract or go from a player to a coach or something like that, I would have definitely stayed. I, I, I can't stop saying the Philippines, the best country in the world to me, you know, and it was just, you know, it was just the way of the way of life, the basketball life, you know, how do they still have the NBA players still come over sometimes? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like. Too. That, started that to come back again after the pandemic. Yeah, ever, ever, I mean that that relationship that the PBA had with the NBA, and I mean, just it was just so much, man. It was like to me, like like my wife said, it's, it it was the it was Fantasy Island. It was Fantasy Island to me, <laughs> and it was a great feeling. Like it, like still, I'm, I feel real good just talking about the time that I spent there and the friends and y'all bringing up these names. You know, the, the Philippines had a big impact on me. And I, I'll say that to uh, Marcos Jr. Yes, the Philippines was very influential in my life. So, yes, yes, love it. Mm -hmm. So I we wish I could stay you here. You can, yeah. you can stay. Yeah, and, please, and, visit. And please visit soon. Yeah. It, it's 30 degrees Celsius here in the Philippines right it's now. So it's 30 about, yeah, man, it's, it's freezing <laughs> here. It's like got snow and ice on the ground. Yeah, well, yeah, that that actually qualifies for cool weather over here. You know, it's yeah. okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay, that. Sid, boy, your your turn, Mister Sid. Come on. Yeah. Okay, John. My my question, hypothetical question. You know, if you could have, yeah, if you could have dinner with any basketball personality, living or dead, past or present. You know, could be a Filipino, or American, or European. Who would it be, and why? I would say Norman Black because Ooh. I didn't really get a chance to like thank him, thank him. You know, now that I've been around the world, you know, I got grandchildren, all this stuff really kicked off from my stint in the Philippines with San Miguel. Because after San Miguel, 
now people start to say John is a different type of player. He's more of a, a killer scorer. He's a shooter. You know, all of this is from Norman Black. So even though I got all these accolades, even in Germany, you know, you know, some of the stuff that I did in Germany, I trace it all back to the Philippines with Norman Black telling me to, that uh, if I keep my nose clean, you know, I can have a, a prosperous career. Yeah. But I took that to mean a prosperous career anywhere because what he said to me in the Philippines stood true in France, Germany, Switzerland, all the different places I played. If you keep your, if you keep your nose clean and, and, and stay about the business of basketball, you will have a long career. So, yes, I would love to have dinner with Norman Black. So tell him when I come over there next year, we're going to have dinner. All of us going to sit down. We're going to record it. We're going to do a little documentary. But, hey, I, no, I but that's documented, you. John. You said you're going to you're going to the Philippines in 2025. Yeah, we got uh, yeah, we, we got to make that happen. Got to make that happen. Got to make All that right. happen. Well, yeah, yeah that All will right. be 30 years since you first came here next oh, year. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Yeah, oh. that's it. 30 years. Yeah, <laughs> Man, yeah we got to make that happen. I got yeah, to gotta make it happen, right. John. I'll, I'll, I'll call the guys. I'll call Benji yeah. Paras. I'll call Joey Guano. Yeah, and, uh, tell him. Yeah, uh, man. We'll, yeah, we got we'll Pablo, all these guys. Let's get them all yeah, together. Yeah. Huh? Just, just, you, just to have yeah. a reunion or just, I mean, just to, I mean, man, I, I wouldn't be where I am today, man, if it wasn't for the Filipino people and the treatment. And I mean, I'm just saying, man, Norman, Norman could have said none of those things to me and I could have went down the wrong path. I could have had a bad name for myself. But he took me, pulled me to the side. Yeah. And he kind of yeah, like, like he shook me like, all right, John, <laughs> you got an opportunity to make money and have a long, prosperous career. It yeah. rang in my ear, man. So yeah. that's why I want to have dinner with him. And I know that might not be, you know, people say Shaq or Michael Jordan yeah. and all that. Yeah. But I got to put Norman Black up there because everything yeah. changed once I came to San Miguel. You know, he could have told you to buy a black Mercedes, right? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> he could have told you to buy the black Mercedes. Yeah, he told me to buy the black Mercedes, right? Right. But Norman, <laughs> he was he was always about he was about family, and he was about you know having longevity. And is he yeah. still coaching, or what is he doing now? Yeah, he, yeah, he's a he's a consultant for a couple of teams, and his son now plays in in the PBA. Why yeah. his son plays? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pretty good player. He's a lefty. Good, yeah. good shooter. Yeah. Benji's son played. Did his his son ever play? His eldest played one season in the PBA, yeah. and then he uh, he retired. Uh, the okay. other one used to play in Japan. Okay, uh, the second yeah. one. Yeah. Wow. Benji's oldest son's an actor now, by the way. So his yeah, oldest yeah, son is an actor. actor. Wait, look, yeah. I, yeah. Come on. <laughs> he's got the looks. You know, he's got the looks. He got the yeah. mom's looks, not Benji. He got the mom's looks. Oh, I just yeah. just, yeah. just yeah. going back to Norman Norman Black. You know, he was drafted. You said the Pistons earlier. Norman was drafted by Detroit. I see why. <laughs> yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he got he a body a piston. Yes, he had a ten day contract. Yeah, yeah he got uh, a ten yeah. day. That's right. He got a ten day. Yeah, when I when so we it's see Norman him, Black for dinner. We'll, we'll, we'll tell him about your your wish. Oh, yeah. You know, tell, he, he tell, still goes back to the states uh, every year. So you know, maybe when he's there, yeah, uh, in the off season, he can. But y'all y'all tell him uh, my sentiment, man, because I I really mean that. For sure. And as as I'm for getting sure. older, you know, and as y'all know, you can't make it by yourself. There's always going to be some people along the way that either helped or gave you some wisdom or shared something with you. 
And, you know, I really want to make sure that y'all please tell, I mean, from the bottom of my heart, my whole life changed after meeting him and playing tomorrow. I'll probably game. bump into him tomorrow because the, the their, message their will, will be relayed. Yeah. yeah. Their, their team yeah, has sure. a knockout game tomorrow. Oh, okay. Quarterfinal. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we'll relay that. Yeah. So, it's San Miguel Corporation now, not San Miguel Beerman. San Miguel no, Beerman. Uh, it's still, it's yeah, still beer. Beerman. Yeah, the beer is one one part of the corporation. It's one of gotcha. the components. So yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's normal black for the dinner. Okay, so that those are the right. segment. But there's one last part. It's called Hello Porky. This is the greeting portion yeah. of oh, our show. Porky. So before we let you go, John, yeah, it's time to shout out, you know, acknowledge, think, or just mention anybody you want before we let you go. Oh man, I got it. Man, I want to thank my mom and my sister. My sister Rosa Best, Carolyn Best. Atala Best, the missus, my children, Jamil, Amir, Takia, Anissa, Jasmine, my uh, all my grandchildren. You know, that's what I what I what I do this for. I gotta thank Coach Harold. I gotta thank Reeker Bass, Tony Hall, Alonzo Hamilton. The uh, brothers of Omega Psi Phi, Alpha Phi Alpha, Kappa Alpha Psi, all of these fraternities uh, uh, let me DJ their parties back in the day. So that kept me kept me clean to, to, to play music while I was playing basketball. And I got to thank, you know, Memphis Shelby County Schools for allowing me to still be here doing what I do um trying to be impactful to the young young generation i think i want to thank the school board here all of the school board members i want to thank our superintendent Tutonio williams for allowing me to be here doing what i do and most importantly outside of my family outside thanking everybody <clears throat> i gotta thank norman black and y'all told me y'all promised me y'all going let him uh tell him how i feel but i want to mm -hmm. thank my current boss, my main boss right now is Dr. Catherine Stout because she helped me to be a better, better person. She helped me to be a better leader here at 52. When I could be out here doing some other stuff, she's challenging me. She's helping me to be a better person. So I want to thank her specifically because like, like again, at 52, I could be chilling i could be taking it easy but um I'm, I'm going as hard as i did when i was playing in the philippines my work ethic has not stopped and i, I thank her for uh, allowing me to continue to do something that i love and like i said my family my mom my sister every just everybody that came along the way and i really thank y'all for for resurrecting me 24 <laughs> years later and we talking <laughs> about basketball, like all these memories I haven't talked about since I left the Philippines. So to have this conversation and we all to have this nice uh, synergy, man, it's, it's good, man. So please tell the boys we got to find a way how to, I can get over there next year. We can work out something <laughs> and uh, we can turn it into a documentary or some, something, man. We can yeah. put some purpose to it and um, maybe I can bring it. Maybe I'll see about bringing some students because I do some I have broadcasting students over here or something. We we can make we can work out something, man, because some of our students never left the city that we in. 
Right. Here I am been around the world three times and I got all these experiences I can share with them, but they may not have those same experiences. So we'll work out something, man, but let's do that 30 yeah, years later. That's right. Yeah. That's no, something sure. we have in common. I'm also a broadcasting trainer. So yeah. So we can, we can actually do something with, with, with the plan that you have. Yeah. But I do have a title for the documentary already. You got it. You got all the right? title already. I got the title already. The best days of my life. The best, like from John That's Best. It. The best. Hey, days hey Charlie said, let's go ahead and write that down. The best days. <laughs> right. best. Oh, since the writer in the group, by oh, the yeah, way. Well, yeah, we'll, yeah. We're, we're like sell it to, you can do your we'll biography. Sell it to Netflix, right? Hey, let's do that. Yeah. That's, that's a plan, guys. Let's talk about that soon. So that's that's episode 204. John Best, thanks for sharing your story with an eternity of basketball and all our fans and followers who watch us every week. Thanks so much for all of that. Before we go, we remind everybody we are part of the Globally Balling Network. So check that out, all the shows. We are powered by San Miguel Corporation in cooperation with Tuminugan Farm and Arena Plus. We thank PBA Archives and PH Sports Bureau for the photos and the information we always get. Happy birthday to the AOB former guests this past week, Virgil Meneses, Verhel Meneses, the mayor, and Mike Mustre just celebrated their birthdays. So that's right. episode 204. It's now with the books, John. Yes, something. John. I, just, yeah. I forgot to thank somebody. Mm -hmm. okay. Patrick Richmond is a videographer here uh, at my building uh, a few years ago. Uh, something happened where I was getting ready to quit and walk away from the job that I have. And he said something to me that um, he made me say, leaders don't quit. When negative things happen, that's when leaders are made. So I was ready to quit, guys. I was ready to throw in a towel. And he, he, he was that person that was next to me saying, don't quit. And now... I'm in a much better position I am now than I was three, four years ago because of that man, Patrick Richmond, which leads me to say I got to thank my whole team, Kathy Hart, Michael Adrian Davis, Kavon J, Don Newberry, Andrea Tucker, uh, Brad Valane, Khalil Downey, and Angel Ortez, one more, Elvis Hardwick, um, and that's 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 the team, y'all. So I, don't, I would be remiss in my duty if I don't shout out the people who are currently work with or who are in the trenches like you guys we're in the trenches together it's it's like school has been closed this whole week so i came up here because i really wanted to be a part of this i didn't want to do it from a phone i wanted to be in a nice environment so that we can give the people some quality content for this 204th episode so yeah. i appreciate y'all man thank you so much for allowing me to talk basketball and the, you know, bring back the 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 would you say the best days of my life? Noel <laughs> yeah. title. So thank y'all for bringing that back because sometimes we need to talk about past experiences, man, just to make the heart feel good. So thank y'all so much, man. If y'all need anything, the answer is yes already. I'm gonna work on getting y'all some t-shirts <laughs> sent over there, man. And like I said, man, I really want to do something that we can work out to make this a real you know, a real big event or like a, like we can do something where, you know, connecting the countries or something, man, we can, we can, we can yeah. find out something, especially all the people that we know we can turn this into something maybe big because since we all in broadcasting, maybe we can do something, you know, let's put our head together. Definitely. Talk yeah. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Thank y'all. I love y'all. Thanks so hey, much. All the pleasure Thank is you. ours. That's John, John Best. Best. Episode 204. 
It's now in the books. And so thank you. Continue watching our show. We're going to announce who our next guest is. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised who it will be by Monday or Tuesday on our Facebook page. Please follow us there. For Noel Zarate and Sid Ventura, my name is Charlie Cuna. Hey, John Best, you're the best. Thanks so much. <laughs> you're the best, we'll John Best. Bye. Yeah. Take care. Take care, everyone. God bless you all. See you. All right. Bye. Memphis, Tennessee, baby. Let's go. All right.